Hey guys, this is Craig Schrader, writer and contributor to Battleship Pretension. I got to interview Luke Moran about his first feature film, The Boys of Abu Ghraib. Luke was a really nice, genuine guy, and I hope you all enjoy my conversation with him. Here it is. How are you doing, Luke? Great, great. How are you doing? Thanks for having me, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for sitting down with us. Um, well, just to start off with, can you just um, tell us what The Boys of Abu Ghraib is about? Uh, yeah. Um, well, in 2003, um, there was a scandal and the news broke in 2004 that made international headlines around the world. And uh, it had to do with prisoner abuse at this prison called um, Abu Ghraib which was a prison originally um, run by Saddam Hussein that the U.S. military commandeered, and uh, it became a detention base for the military. Um, So the film is somewhat about that, and uh, somewhat, I mean, it's a fictionalized backstory of the things that went on there. It seems to the eyes of a uh, a fictional soldier that we we created, and uh, it sort of follows him through his journey, and uh, he sees all kinds of crazy stuff there. And one of the main things that happens is he befriends one of these detainees who's um, being held and uh, interrogated there. And over the course of the movie, um, you kind of see how both of these characters change from their experience uh, at the prison. Yeah, and the and the and the fictional soldier in your movie is is Jack Farmer. Is he is he based on any any person or or, or individual involved with the scandal, or is he an amalgamation of several? Exactly. He's sort of a combination of no specific individuals, but the experiences and the types of people that we're most drawn to from our research. Um, we, we mainly wanted to take a guy who was the best of us, was a great guy, um, went into the war with great um, ideals and intentions, and demonstrate how, you know, through war, that that person can change and come out the other end being someone who's capable of doing them. Kind of just like a a human experiment to see like how these things happen, you know? Like how do these things happen? I think that's a question that a lot of people have when you look at scandal like this and our goal is to sort of answer that. Yeah, and that was that was actually the part of the film that I connected with the most is is how non-judgmental your film is towards not just Jack but the other people involved, despite you know it, it getting into some pretty um, some pretty brutal stuff. Is is that a difficult balance to strike to tell this story but also still embrace your characters? Yeah, uh, man, that's awesome that you think that because that was definitely a goal. I mean, we didn't want there to be this feeling of like the filmmakers. Um, influencing how you feel about this uh, this scandal and this part of history. You know, it's so precious, it's so controversial, it's so um, touchy that we didn't want any political, you know, you have to really toe the line, like you said, and um, because there's politics involved. And at the end of the day, we wanted to tell a human story. And it's tough because you want to make the characters really interesting and have fun with it as a filmmaker, but on the other end, you have this like enormous responsibility to do justice to this time in history and the people who went through these things. As I mentioned before, you're the uh, the writer, director, and the star of the film. Were you writing the film with yourself in mind from the very beginning? Yeah, um, you know, I started as an as an actor, and uh, you know, um, part of my journey has been that I realized I want to become a filmmaker as well and develop these opportunities for myself as an actor by writing and directing. So when I started writing it, I definitely had myself in mind to play at least one of the characters and um, 
you know, and ended up being the lead role that uh, I, I wanted to go for. And uh, yeah, that was sort of the pro- part of the process. Yeah, is it is it is it more difficult writing for yourself than it would be to write, knowing that a, di- a, a different actor would be playing that role? Uh, partly, it's easier because you know what you can and can't do. But I feel like I learned a lot from this because you sort of. You, you gotta you gotta try not to write yourself into the character, and I think I did that. You know, you end up wanting to sort of be a nice guy, you know. And, and this is, you know, and and I find that now I realize that, you know, being. Can you curse on this or no? Oh uh, yeah, sure, go for it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh no, but just uh, just right now. Um, you know, sometimes watching an asshole or. or the jerk is it can be more interesting than uh, watching this really nice guy and for this character it was really important that he starts out as a really great guy um, but you know I guess what I'm saying is at the end of the day you want to write away from yourself or I guess that in the process write like you're not writing for yourself and then come back to it and be like okay how can I fuse myself into this and find the pieces of me that work the best in it so sure were, were there any other um Actors who who directed themselves that you were influenced by. Oh uh, yeah, well, I mean, one of my favorite movies of all time is uh, Braveheart. I think that movie's kind of got everything, um, and that's the type of movie I want to make. So, uh, you know, Mel G- I don't even know what happened with Mel Gibson now, but <laughs> I, you know, that's a separate issue. But. What he was able to do as a filmmaker and actor, I mean, both his performance and his directing ability in that film are just incredible. And then you look at guys like Clint Eastwood, who's done it for a whole career, which is incredibly impressive, and now Ben Affleck's doing it. Um, those guys, I totally look up to them and sort of envy their position. It's, it's, it's really amazing. Sure, yeah. Um, what, what kind of research is involved with a film like The Boys of Abu Ghraib? Uh, a lot. Um, I mean, yeah, anytime I think you do something that's uh, based on a true story, you have to be so careful. So for me personally, um, research was like the backbone of everything. And, and I was actually very skeptical about doing it first. You know, I did all the research and the more I did, um, you know, reading books, um, firsthand accounts of what soldiers experienced, um, them sort of venting through these books and you, you see the emails of these soldiers and uh, then you watch the documentaries and you start talking to some of these guys and as I did it more and more um, I got more and more entrenched I was like man this movie has to be made I have to do this there's so much here that's so interesting and that the world needs to know so uh, but at the same time like I was saying you're really hesitant because it is Abu Ghraib and it's such a big scandal and people have such touchy feelings about it so when you tell someone you're making a movie about this they have this knee-jerk reaction that makes you be like, oh man, do I want to make this movie? But uh, at the end of the day, I felt that if we did enough research and were honest enough with ourselves about what we were making and the intentions were something that everyone could get behind, that, that it was worthy. And, and I think the result is, uh, is, is that, and I hope people perceive it as such. Yeah, very much so. I was, I, I was wondering while I was watching the film, are you familiar with the uh, Philip Zimbardo Stanford prison experiment? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Did that influence you when you were making the film? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at one point, you know, I was very much interested, like I said, in looking at this from a human point of view as opposed to a political point of view. So at one point I was like, hmm, should I make this movie as 
doing something similar, like maybe just do the Stanford prison experiment. Yeah, and I guess we should I guess we should clarify for the listeners who might not know um, yeah. the, the Stanford prison experiment was a uh, done by a sociologist named Philip Zimbardo, who he put a bunch of regular folks into the role as uh, prisoner and guards and observed them. And the guards became very barbaric to people they knew to be just regular people like them. Yeah, and then the prisoners as well became sort of, uh, I don't know what the right word is, but like subservient or, I mean, each person took on the role, I think it was in a matter of days, like two days, right? Yeah, something like that. it only lasted like a weekend, and by the end of it, people were like, oh my God, what did I just do? And, you know, it's the same exact scenario in this prison, I think. Um, You know, you have all types of people, and that's one thing we want to do with the movie, it's so like, you got guys in there are kind of scummy and then you got guys in there are kind of great and no matter who it is it's like it, it messes with you so yeah I was totally interested in the psychology of that and how those things happen it's kind of fascinating right very much so um, th- there's a pretty stark change both in the tone of the film and in Jack once the, the third act begins was it harder to handle that change of tone and character as a writer or director or an actor um not really I mean I guess, like, you know, once you write it, you kind of know what the what it demands of you, and, and you live with it for so long, but by the time it comes to acting it, it's sort of just the next natural step. So, I mean, obviously, the film has, like, a, a huge emotional range. That, that was definitely taxing, but I don't know that uh, the third act wasn't necessarily any more taxing than the others. I mean, funny enough, the, the scenes I think you're referring to, when he sort of, um, I don't know, do you guys usually do spoilers on here? <laughs> uh, well, I was going um, to leave that up to you. I, I, I designed most of my questions to avoid spoilers. Yeah, well, I'll kind of avoid it, but he goes through an experience where he really changes, and there's some, like, very high emotional scenes on all ends of the spectrum, some, like, screaming, yelling, kind of going crazy. And um, funny enough, because of the shooting schedule, we had to shoot all that in the first week, which was, like, a few of my first scenes. Oh, wow. Was, really scary because I was like man if I don't get this right the whole film doesn't work so that was really scary but once it was over I felt like I was home free and that I could kind of cruise through the rest you know yeah yeah and I I believe some of the scenes you're referring with are with um I'm gonna I feel like I'm gonna butcher this name I'm sorry uh, the detainee Ghazi right yes yes the actor Omid Abtahi is that correct yeah Omid Abtahi Okay, yeah, his his their relationship is great in the film, and you know, at, at times very moving and touching, and then other times is contentious and just hard to watch. What was it like? Um, what was it like working with him in those scenes? Oh man, it, I mean, he's he's a really great actor. Um, even in the editing room, like take to take, it's all you know. For me, I've got some really bad takes. I've got some better takes. <laughs> for this guy, it's like he's on fire the whole time, and it's kind of frustrating. Um, in the editing room, that is. But when you're on, when you're in the moment on set, it's amazing because he's giving you so much, and he's he felt so authentic. I mean, it's actually really surprising. He's, he's an American who grew up uh, in Southern California, but um, he's got a, you know his family's from Iran, so he's got a background that's somewhat similar to the character that perhaps helps him relate to it more. But um, such an incredible actor, and feels so authentic that you kind of lose yourself in it. And uh, like I said, we were both kind of scared that the very first scenes we were doing were the most intense and the most important of the film. But 
Yeah, I remember on a couple of scenes, I we did my coverage, my character's coverage first, so I was sort of able to set the tone, and uh, you know, I just really went for it, and um, it got pretty emotional, and I think he then responded to an even higher level, and then I was like, you know, we kind of just built off of each other, so it was amazing. Yeah, yeah, you guys worked really well together in those. Um, there have been several films in the last few years that that deal with rational people acting irrational for the sake of some, you know, at times abstract greater good. I'm thinking of your film. I'm thinking of uh, Craig Zobel's Compliance, and uh, more recently E.L. Katz's Cheap Thrills. Is this is this kind of theme of rational people acting irrational? Is this a product of post 9/11 post war mentality? Wow, that's a fascinating question. Uh, I don't know. I hadn't really thought about it. I mean, for me, I was definitely just sort of interested in, you know, because that's what Abu Ghraib was. When you think about these things, like, how does, most of these things occur, like, I haven't seen that film Compliance, because I actually just learned about it, but it looks really fascinating. It's sort of like, in each of these scenarios, it's baby steps to the end result, right? It's not like someone just flips on a dime at one moment. Essentially, um, yeah. It's, each, I, yeah. Yeah, each step you change a little bit and you adapt to your environment and it's just fascinating how that can work as a human. And I think, I don't know that this generation is, or this time is different than others, but um, I don't know. Got to think of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, I, I know you're, uh, the film is, is, is very good at avoiding getting political because like you said you want to get into the psyche of the soldiers and what makes them do that but um I i'd like to get your take on it i don't know if you've seen errol morris's new documentary the unknown known on um donald rumsfeld um but he he uh he plays down the the administration's um, involvement in, in direct torture orders do you think that the results of abu Ghraib are a more um are a product of the administration or more of a product of kind of what we were talking about with the Philip Zimbardo Stanford prison experiment? Yeah, uh, I think it's like a little bit of everything. One of the things that we wanted to demonstrate in the film without like really placing blame politically was that these soldiers, a lot of them were really young and this didn't only happen in Abu Ghraib, like that we'd be kidding ourselves. These things happened at Guantanamo Bay. Like I've read all about lots of experiences and talked to about with people um, about similar things happening in uh, different places, and it's sort of like some some of these guys were so young, and this cell block is understaffed, and they're terrified and told that these inmates or, or detainees are you know the ones who are sending mortars over the walls every day and jeopardizing their life every day when they wake up. They're in constant fear that they're going to be killed by a mortar. And I mean, Abu Ghraib was an incredibly dangerous base. So I think you put anyone in that environment and things could go wrong. So to me, it was sort of like the whole situation was a recipe for disaster. And part of that was certainly the higher ups because a lot of people didn't know, like the rules kept changing. Like, can you do this to a detainee? Can you do that? What should we do? And I know, cause I'd actually studied this in college from a political point of view. And I remember looking at the uh, papers of, you know, signed documents by, um, up was Rumsfeld, I think it was Rumsfeld, um, where you, you put them next to each other and they had differing information on it. And when you think about how many levels that needs to filter down to get to a sergeant on one of these blocks, it's like, okay, what am I allowed to do today? What am I supposed to do? So I don't know that I blame, 
place blame in any one specific area, but I certainly think that it was a really bad situation or, or circumstance that we had soldiers in, and then obviously some people took advantage of that circumstance once they were there. Sure, it's yeah, it's a it's a complicated issue, but I I, I think your film does a really good job of kind of uh, examining examining it on a more personal level and. Um, yeah, that's yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what these things are. We wanted to demonstrate how complex and how foggy, like this, this, this situation was, and just how war is in general, and and any product of that is, is ends up being pretty negative. I mean, not many good things come out of war. Right, right. Well, I'm gonna. I just want to ask you one last question, and that's if you have any upcoming projects or films you're currently working on that you can talk about. Uh, working on it. Uh, nothing much to talk about, really. I'm doing a lot of research on a project um, that involves uh, some of the crime on the border, um, like you know the New Mexico or Mexico um, American border. I don't really know what story I'm going to tell, but that border is particularly dangerous. And I visited there recently, and it's pretty crazy some of the things that go on that a lot of us don't really get to hear about. So I kind of wanted to shine a light on that in in a way, but. Um, that might be a little ways off, just kind of developing right now. Yeah, well, that sounds great, and I'm I'm excited to see it based on uh, based on your your first effort with the boys of Abu Ghraib. Thank you, and uh, thanks for the support. Appreciate you having me on, man. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Well, well, thanks again, and uh, I want to encourage everyone listening to go check out the boys of Abu Ghraib. It's uh, I know it's on iTunes and VOD. Is it still playing in theaters anywhere? Uh, I think it's. It might be in a couple theaters, uh, or it's on its way out, so you have to hurry. But uh, today, actually, it came out on DVD as well, so you can basically catch it anywhere. Okay, great. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Thank I, you. I appreciate it. Yeah, it was a good time. Thanks, man. Well, there you have it. As we mentioned in the interview, Luke's film is available on iTunes and VOD and is now out everywhere on DVD, and I encourage you all to give it a watch. My name is Craig Schrader, and this has been my conversation with writer, director, and actor Luke Moran. Thanks for listening.